The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Third hour of the show. And man, things are moving and grooving as we are watching the Any Moment screen I attended Sharpton's annual convention for the National Action Network, and I saw Hillary Clinton speak, and she received a less than warm welcome. It was not really enthusiastic, despite the fact that he introduced her and basically basically gave her a pretty good push. So when we look at the last election, I know much has been said in the Republican Party about expanding the tent and trying to bring more black voters into the Republican Party. And as I'm reading the Sharpton story and watching the video with Sharpton, I get a letter from uh, an email from a guy who's been on the show in the past, Senator Albert Guillory of Louisiana, uh, a gentleman from Louisiana, obviously, Opelousas, Louisiana, who is a Republican who happens to be a black man and wanting to talk about the outreach uh, from the Republican Party to the black community. And if you don't remember Senator Elbert Guillory, uh, years ago, probably almost four years ago, we introduced you to the senator with uh, a, a video that I'll give you just a snippet of. You see, in recent history, the Democrat Party has created the illusion that their agenda and their policies are what's best for black people. Somehow it's been forgotten that the Republican Party was founded in 1854 as an abolitionist movement with one simple creed, that slavery is a violation of the rights of man. The senator is one of the great voices, I think, that can help bring conservative black voters into the tent of the party. And I'm glad he's here today. Welcome back, sir. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's great to hear your voice, brother. How are you today? Well, I'm I'm happy you're here because I, I it was really fortuitous. I read that story yesterday and I was looking at the Sharpton thing and I thought, I wonder if the GOP on a grand scale is looking at broadening the tent. And in broadening the tent, I think you have to look at the, the way the Democrats are pushing Latino voters to come over to their side in, in droves and, and wondering if if we're doing enough to 
make the mosaic of the GOP a little broader with more colors in it. And, and you're involved in that, aren't you, sir? Very much so. On the front lines of, of it, actually. Well, what can be done, Senator? What, what are you doing? Well, for the first time, you know, we, we, we've been talking about this uh, a bigger tent, a more inclusive um, party. And it's been talked about at the state levels and at the federal level. Louisiana is, for the first time in the history of the United States, we are seriously working in a in, a, in an organized manner to to in, to make that inclusion. We are doing radio spots in minority uh, radio markets. We're doing television. Uh, we have a TV program, uh, we weekly program called the Elephant in the Room, and it uh, it has everything from politics to humor in it, but it is designed to reach all markets in Louisiana and to not leave out the minority markets. Uh, social media, we are hitting it very hard and in a very organized fashion so that we can deliver the message to people who have not been traditional Republicans about our values, what we believe, what we stand for. The bottom line is that government should represent all of the people, and we have to make sure that that happens. Well, we're we're talking to Senator Albert Guillory, state senator in Louisiana, who is trying to bring a more diverse group of voters to the GOP in his state. And Senator, your state, for all of that effort, and I guess that effort is pretty much recent, uh, Bobby Jindal, a Republican, was term limited out of his job. And uh, I believe you do have a you do have a Democratic uh, governor at this point, do you not? Yes, we have. And and what's the plan to bring a, a, a strong conservative candidate to the governor's mansion? Is there a candidate? Is there somebody being groomed? Yes, we have two or three really good candidates. Uh, we have a lieutenant governor who would make an excellent uh, an excellent candidate. We have an attorney general uh, who would make an excellent candidate. And a lot of people. Uh, we, the, the head of our uh, our Louisiana GOP, uh, Roger Villery, has done a, a really good job where he has been, and so a lot of people are talking about him. He's uh, he's not run for political office before, but is is well connected and should be well financed, and and has shown himself to be a leader of of all of the people of Louisiana. So we have some, some, some pretty good ones. The only reason that this governor, this Democrat, won is because we knocked ourselves off. It was such a, a bloodbath between the Republicans, the three Republicans at the, the top of that uh, race, that when only one was left standing— the others did not come anywhere near him. As a matter of fact, they endorsed his opponent. They endorsed the, the, the two top Republicans, endorsed the Democrat because of the nasty politics 
we we're not we're not going to let that happen again. Well, you you bring up a you bring up a really interesting point here, Senator. And when we talk about the GOP, I so often get frustrated because the party seems to shoot itself in the foot. In the case of you're just talking about the election of a governor in the state of Louisiana, you have a primary battle between three GOP candidates. It gets so ugly that the two losers end up supporting John Bell Edwards, the Democrat, and he gets elected. And now you do have a a conservative Republican lieutenant governor, but you still have to wait again to try and put the party back together. I feel like we spend so much time putting ourselves back together that the Democrats are busy campaigning and we're behind behind the schedule again. We're we're lagging. And this is where I see the need to to, I guess, look outside. You mentioned one candidate possibly who's not a typical candidate. And I think the president, Donald Trump, being an outsider and looking at what happened in France, I think this might be the era of outsiders. And so, you know, if we can look at are there any are there any black Republicans who might be in line for higher office in in the state? Even yourself, sir. I know I know you're happy where you are as a senator, but do you have aspirations higher? Well, I've left the Senate. And I'm primarily working on this minority outreach business. We have to get the party in shape for 18 and for 20. And that's my that's my primary goal right now. Well, it's some other. (laughs) Yes, there are there are a couple of other guys who who may have an interest in in higher uh, higher office. We are going to to be able to field across the state a number of qualified black Republicans for uh, office at the the local levels, the the county levels, and also um, state representatives and and senators. His name is Albert Guillory. He he likes to uh, use the line, telling the real truth. And I, I think you make a compelling case for for people on on both sides of the aisle to consider conservative positions and you did it you made a, a switch from democratic party to republican years ago and now you're trying to bring other folks uh from from the african-american community into the gop i salute you for it i think the gop needs to be more diverse if it is going to continue growing and uh keep keep the role we've had for the last eight years in terms of state house seats uh, so I, I appreciate your efforts locally, and I hope they will uh, reap rewards going forward. If we want to keep up with you, where do we find you, sir? ElbertGillerysAmerica.com. Uh, com, and that's G-U-I-L-L-O-R-Y. I, I really solicit ideas. We, we are fighting a war, and so... Uh, help us help us fight this war. Let us know what your what your ideas are. We uh, we can use fresh blood. Well, I I agree with you. The more the more new faces we get in the party, the stronger the party will ultimately be. Thank you, Senator. Appreciate your help and appreciate the work you're doing on behalf of conservatism. Have a great day. My God bless you and your work. Thank you. Thank you. When we get back, uh, you know what? Uh, We do have an update from the news, and I also need to share something with you. 
Have you met Surfer Trump? Do you know about Surfer Trump? Well, you'll meet Surfer Trump next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Yeah, I'll get to the cultural appropriation story uh, from the burrito shop in a little bit. It's it's irritating me, and I, I don't want to spin out too much. But I also promised you uh, surfer Donald Trump, right? I don't know if you've seen this. It showed up on the Internet recently, and it's a surfer dude. And I accent the word dude. Totally, totally doing his Trump voice. I've had a lot of people asking me about my wave I caught the other day. It was a very good wave. I started it off with a very long, drawn-out bottom turn. Nobody draws out their bottom turns more than I do. I hit the lip very hard, very, very hard how I hit the lip. The fins came out. The fins always come out when I hit the lip. I don't know why. Probably because I rip. I went into a very nice barrel, very big, scary, hollow barrel, but I wasn't scared. I'm never scared when I'm surfing. And I came out. People doubted me. They didn't think I was going to make it out, but I did. That's uh, Surfer Trump. If you haven't seen him, I think all you need to do is uh, search for Magic Weed or Magic Seaweed Surf, and then the Donald Trump surfer dude will show up. He sounds a little more like Alec Baldwin doing the Donald Trump slash stone surfer dude guy. But, you know, we need a little bit of laughter on days like today when we're seeing all the insanity running around. <sighs> Portland, what are you doing? I have friends in the, uh, in the chef business, in the food business. As a matter of fact, Friday, Friday we have a special appearance uh, if you're planning on your barbecuing for the weekend, if you're if you're going to do some barbecuing and you want tips from a real life chef, uh, the Mad Cuban who was on the show with us Saturday has said he's going to come on Friday and give us his best barbecuing tips. He he was in Memphis last weekend for this huge pitmaster convention, guys cooking outside with charcoal and wood, and uh, not with propane. And he has great ideas and for people like you and I who are just normal folks. And one of the things that I know that chefs do, chefs share their, their secrets. Chefs share their information. So when I read this story about the Portland burrito shop that was forced to close because it got hounded for cultural appropriation. Hounded. 
there was a uh, a pop-up burrito shop called uh, Kooks Burritos. And th- these these folks just wanted to make great burritos. So they did what many chefs do. They went on a, a sort of a food safari. You travel to the place where the food is made the best and you learn about the food. And then you bring those ideas back to where you live and you apply them. Well, these folks said that they picked the brains of the every tortilla lady they could find using their bad, broken Spanish. And these people showed them what they did. And I've seen this happen with other chefs. I have a friend who went on a sauce safari to Asia. He traveled for two weeks all across Asia, learning how they make their sauces and then brought those back to his New York City restaurant. And he was very successful. Nobody forced him to close down for cultural appropriation. But when the the people from uh, Kook's Burritos revealed what they had done, people lost their minds. They, they, They are calling them thieves, basically. Telling them that what they did boldly and unapologetically was steal from these women's livelihoods. Never mind that these women live in in a, a whole other country and they're not in Portland. They're making the the angry letters read in the viewers' comments section of when their story was told, you can make the exact same product so other white people don't have to be inconvenienced by dealing with pesky brown middle women getting in their way. Are you kidding me? So now their Yelp site was flooded with one-star reviews from, from the shaming police, the people who use terms like white mediocrity and comparing them to colonial, uh, colonial captors. So now, after this controversy started, apparently a a list of other white-owned businesses that appropriated their culture started showing up online. Are you guys kidding me? So the only one who can cook Asian food has to be an Asian person, the only one who's going to be able to make foods with certain ethnic histories are the person who who come from those ethnic heritages. White ladies spent the time to study how to make a good burrito. They brought it back to their home. And now they're being called cultural appropriators and have been forced out of business. This is really, really the height of stupidity. And and I just, I, I can't believe, I, I wonder if they have any recourse. I, I would open up under a different name and just not tell anybody. I don't know why, why they're, they bent to the, the will of the, the screaming crowd unless they came at them with pitchforks and torches. But this is, this is our new, either follow what we demand you do or you're out of business. This is the new progressive mindset. Portland, yeah, you're not getting any of my vacation dollars, Portland. Cultural appropriation, indeed. It's the worst. All right, I got to take a break. When we get back, uh, our buddy Angie is going to join us with some of the stupid news. News that should make us laugh, hopefully. 
not get me all angry like this. Now I want a burrito, too. I'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We'll get to Angie Austin here in just a second. I got to do a little, a little bit of, uh, I guess we call this journalism, for for some of the people who jumped on the report that Donald Trump revealed the location of two nuclear subs in a phone call with the Philippines president. Reuters posted that Trump tells Duterte of two U.S. nuclear subs in Korean waters. Well, <clears throat> the Pentagon said we never talk about subs. Three defense officials told BuzzFeed they never talk about subs. Um, the Navy apparently had already revealed the USS Michigan was at Busan, and the Vincent Strike Group has its own. So not really Trump. The Navy had publicly announced the presence of the two subs in the area already. So everybody can stand down there, freak out. So let's, let's just all make sure before we leap into the air with our hair on fire that, uh, that we take a minute and try and make sure that we're not going to be proven to be idiots later. There's enough dummies in the news. And the person who seems to find the stories of the dummies in the news is the person I rely on at least once a week to bring me in off the ledge, the ledge where I'm leaning over about to scream and go, you dummies. And here she comes uh, from Daybreak USA, my friend, Angie Austin. Hello, Angie. Hello, friend. Welcome. It's uh, it's Wednesday and I'm out on the ledge. Uh, you know, I'm mad at the people of Portland who forced a, a burrito company out of business because they culturally appropriated good recipes from another country. You know, that's that's got me going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm out on the ledge because the uh, Health and Human Services Department just put out a map showing all of the Obamacare premium increases since 2013. What state are you in? Denver, Colorado, right? Colorado, yeah. Yeah, I think yours was 107%. How does that make you feel? I just know it was close to two grand for my family a month. And I'm like, are you kidding me? How much money do you have to make just to buy insurance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The average, uh, isn't that a funny line? How much money do you have to make just to buy the insurance that we were told was going to save us all? The average annual premium increase since the mandates went into effect, the average Annual increase is $2,928. Annual. Annual increase since the mandates went into effect. 
I'll do yen. I mean, you got to make like for our family, like what, 36 grand or something just to buy the insurance. And then, you know, you go from there. I mean, that's no wonder people, you know, we're having a hard time buying it. My, you know, my producer, he's very open about the fact that he paid the penalty. He has four kids. He's a single father. He paid the penalty because he couldn't afford the insurance. And, and people don't see the insanity of it. And no one is reporting this story. This came out today. The speaker's office put this out. It is from HHS. It shows every state and what your rate was and how the how high the increase was. And people should be outraged. Our little state of Delaware, 108% increase. Uh, Oklahoma, 201% increase. It, it just goes on and on and on. And the, the states, the super blue states that are part of that, um, that uh, healthcare.gov system, the, the blue states that have the state-based exchanges, they, their averages, are, I think, are 105% in each one of those. So it, it, nobody gets it that it's not just about Obama and getting rid of Obama's legacy. It's about fixing a problem that was created by Obamacare and needs to be, needs to be cut out like a, like a bad cancer. So here I am out on the ledge, uh, angry about all these things. What wild stories have you found that are going to bring me in? Well, the, uh, the python story I find extremely interesting. The guy went for a walk in Florida with his dog, and uh, a python took him by surprise in his garage. And they bite, you know. I know they squeeze you to death, but they bite. And uh, there's a real problem with those in the Everglades. I was down there recently, and, you know, people have them as pets, and then they get gigantic, and you don't want a 14-foot python, like, in your kid's aquarium or whatever in your, you know, in the bedroom. So they dump them in the Everglades, and they've just taken over. They have hunters now that go down there. So this guy uh, living in Florida uh, comes across when he's wrestling it in his garage after it bit him. Uh, and, again, not venomous, but they have quite a ferocious, ferocious little bite. And uh, they came and, you know, got him. I don't know what they did with him. I think they probably took him. You know the farm where the dogs used to go when you were a kid? I think that's where he oh, yeah. went. Yeah, yeah, the, that farm. That's, you know, that's where they take all the, the dogs that, that mommy and daddy don't want anymore. They say, we took that dog to a farm, which, I you know, people are going to tell me this is cruel. But, you know, if you have pythons and you have dogs, then it's kind of the circle of life, isn't it? Right there, maybe. Right happening. there. Well, you know, right, but you know what we've, who, we've done? Mike, we've, um, we have fish for our little kids, and I don't yeah. know, they get real attached to them. So once my husband actually, he was cleaning the fish tank, and let's just say that one took a swim and it did not come back up in the toilet. It was He was just dumping the water, right? So I'm like, oh, my gosh, the kids are going to freak. So I, like, distract them, right? Well, he runs to, like, Pets R Us or whatever it is. And he brings a new one home, and it's different colored. So I was like, well, you know, they change, like, the seasons. You know, in the fall, how they change colors? Well, that princess changed colors. But, yeah, it's a change of seasons. Did they buy it? pretty little they did i just didn't want to break their hearts yet i can save that till their teens i remember there was a time when we were kids and uh we all had turtles you know everybody had a turtle because a turtle was a lot easier to take care of than a fish and uh we had turtles and and my aunt alice called my mom and said you got to get rid of those turtles the turtles they're carrying like trichinosis or something you can't have the turtles so I remember my mom saying that we got to get rid of the turtles. And she put on some, some gloves, some gloves that used when you're washing the dishes, the Playtex gloves, grabs yeah. the turtle and flushes it down the toilet. I remember being horrified. 
Yeah, in front of us. And I remember sitting by that toilet for a good three hours, hoping that turtle would swim back up. It never happened. But my mother said it was for the good of us because we didn't want the trichinosis. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't have so, like, you know, dropped it off down the street at a park or something. Well, you know, with Chicago, we did have lakes and rivers all over the place. It's not like we were without water in the area. But no, it was convenient. So we had a we had a burial at sea, so to speak. But the toilet. But there it is. So what what else is that? Florida? Of course, Florida is a crazy story. What else is happening? Okay, another one that caught my eye because it happened. Something similar and weird happened in my neck of the woods at Chuck E. Cheese. And I don't know if you've been there uh, in a while, but they have birthday parties there. They have that giant rat in that rat costume or mouse or whatever he is. He's very scary. And that's then the Chucky. Like, yeah, that's Chucky. Yeah. It's not a rat. It's Chucky. It's a mouse, right? Is it a mouse? Yes, of course. Okay. The mouse, right. the, the rat is what they take to the non-union construction sites in New York, and they put up like the giant rat where people are being scabs or whatever. Right. Okay. So in my neck of the woods, there was some kind of a fight once over a salad bar, like the guy hadn't paid or he had paid or he, somebody was sharing it. I don't know, but it, it, it got ugly. So this caught my eye. Nothing says happy birthday like shots fired outside Chuck E. Cheese. So the guy's there for his kid's birthday. And one of the dads who's there, too, like with his kid, they get into some kind of argument. His name is Jovan Sh- Chamberlain. He's 25. This is in Fairview Heights, Illinois. And after the, uh, you know, the little discussion, he goes out in his car and he fires a couple of shots in the air just to kind of like, and I'm leaving. Boom, boom, boom. So he's under arrest and nothing apparently says uh, happy birthday to your five-year-old like shots fired in the air from your pickup truck in the parking lot of Chuck E. Cheese. Where, what, what part of the country was this Chuck E. Cheese fight? Fairview Heights, Illinois. Oh, see, because I was thinking you were going back to Florida. The, the Chuck E. Cheese fights seem to come the minute we start actually getting into warm weather and kids start having birthday parties. And I've just I've never heard the shots fired. There's always been a lot of fighting, though, at Chuck E. Cheese, mostly because you get a lot of sugared up kids and dancing animated animals. They're, you know, robotic animals and they have the little band up there. Have you, You've never been to a Chuck E. Cheese, have you? Oh, I have. Oh, yeah. I take the kids. I mean, they love it. So I, I, when I told you that there was a, something that went down at Chuck E. Cheese in Aurora, which is outside of Denver, it was a shooting. Oh, yeah. So anyway, apparently it's, it's not the safest place to go. But, you know, they do like stamp your kids with a stamp. So then when you leave, you, you can't leave without them checking your stamp. They have to have like a matching stamp. Oh, so the kids don't get separated from the parents. Well, yeah, so they don't, well, you don't get abducted and you find them in a trunk of a car, you know, six miles away. Some of these places aren't safe. Well, that's true. That's a good point. You have one more quickie? Oh, sure. Let's do, um, you know. Because if not, I have, a, I have a really good feel-good story, but you need to tell me one more crazy story. Okay, I'll just make it quick. When you get a divorce, it's not a good idea to break into your husband's home and do three ex-husband's home and do three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in damage. So apparently, um, Anna Rockman, uh, the the home that was burglarized and messed up, it just happened to be her ex's three hundred and fifty grand in damage. So anyway, she's in the Huskow. She did three hundred and fifty thousand dollars of damage inside a house. Mm-hmm. Artwork, what? antiques, personal property. Ooh, 
I want, has she already been divorced from the guy? Is this going to weigh in on the actual settlement, the final settlement? I, I think they're divorced because it, it looks like it went down in 2015, and then they didn't know immediately. It sounds like they weren't sure. Like she, she, it recently, she, she was nabbed for it because it's a, you know, it's a recent story. It just came out yesterday. And so, hmm. it, but it went down in 2015. I don't know how, why it took so long for them to nab her, but they finally figured out it was her. You know, those bad guys, they always tell somebody. They're like, you know, don't tell anyone, but I went into my ex-husband's place and did hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of damage. It's hard to keep right. a story like that quiet because eventually you want, you're proud of it, especially when you think you got away from it. Let me give you one good news story, Angie. Angie Austin from Daybreak USA. Um, this one you're going to take with you. This is the service dog who got his own photo in the high school yearbook. This is, this is a Virginia high school where this one kid has type 1 diabetes and he has a service dog who goes with him everywhere. The dog mm-hmm. can smell 20 to 40 minutes before he's going to have an attack, whether low or high sugar, because he has an amazing sense of smell. So Alpha, his dog, goes with him everywhere and when it came time to take the yearbook pictures, the kid said, can Alpha get his picture with me? And they said, no, we're going to give him his own picture. So when the yearbook comes out, there's a picture of Andrew Schalk, but right next to his picture is Alpha. And they even gave Alpha his own high school ID. It's the cutest story. I'll send you a link to it. I'll, I'll post it on, on the Twitter. But Angie Austin, thank you for bringing me in off the ledge once again with some of the weirdest stories of the day. I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, friend. Have a good day. We'll be right back to wrap up today and update any of the breaking news on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling really good as we wrap up the show. And one of the big reasons has got to be all natural relief factor. I want to remind you before I get out of here, if you haven't jumped in and gotten the quick start pack from Relief Factor, it's 1995. What the heck are you waiting for? Relief Factor. I stopped taking what I had been taking for years. And that was pretty much a handful of those over-the-counter green gel pills that reduce pain and inflammation. Well, since I started taking Relief Factor 10 weeks ago, I haven't taken any over-the-counter or prescription meds. I'm doing more. I'm, I'm not in pain. My knees, my back, my, my hips that used to bother me from years of running no longer bother me. It is pretty remarkable. And I do tell people, I, I'm, I'm clearing rooms talking about it, but if one person picks up the phone and calls 800-500-8384, if just one person calls 800-500-8384 and gets the three-week quick start pack for 1995, I will be happy because I know soon they will be doing what I'm doing and telling people you need to try this. It's Relief Factor. It works, and you'll be thanking me for it. Go to relieffactor.com right now. 
It's been a busy day. It's been a very busy day. We have watched the president go from Rome to uh, Brussels, a place he called a hellhole, and I imagine he's finding that it's not exactly a hellhole. It's something altogether different. We have seen weird speculation about why Ivanka Trump and Melania Trump were wearing black dresses with veils when they met the Pope, when they didn't wear headscarves during the uh, visit to Saudi Arabia. Emily Zanotti told us why that wasn't happening. It's because you're supposed to wear the veil and the black dress if you're going to have an official visit with the Pope. And that was just the Trumps being uh, what we might call polite and diplomatic. It's a good thing. We also learned there's a tick that can make you not ever want to have a steak again in your life. Thank you, Dr. Jorge. And now I know we need to do everything we can to eliminate the Lone Star Tick. I just, I'm going to Texas in a couple of weeks. I don't need to worry about the Lone Star Tick stopping me from ever wanting a steak or a burger again. We'll deal with this tomorrow. Plus, uh, our countdown to Memorial Day weekend. Don't forget Friday is barbecue tips with the Mad Cuban. So enjoy the day. Be here tomorrow and Friday. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. This is Pure Pelka with Mike Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.